Welcome to the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Danny Kennedy, and I'm here to help you become the very best version of yourself. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast. I've got an absolute treat for you today. I was lucky enough to sit down and have a conversation with Caroline Bruni. Now, for those of you who don't know who Caroline is, she is the founder of Organized Curate and Design, which we touch on in this episode, our conversation. She's also a soon-to-be-published author. She is a speaker. She is a model. She is a mom. Uh, she does it all. And in this episode today, we really dive into you know procrastination, working through to-do lists, uh, setting boundaries, time management. She talks about the process of writing the book, which I found super interesting um, and really enjoyed our conversation today. There's so many takeaway, you know, key points and value points in this episode, and I know you guys are going to love it. So make sure you give Caroline a follow. As I said, she, she kind of does it all, um, and uh, she has a lot of value to offer, and obviously her book is going to be coming out at some point this year as well, which you guys don't want to miss. So I do thank you for tuning into this episode. I really do appreciate your attention and your time, and I hope you enjoy this conversation. If you do, feel free to share it on your social media. Uh, but for now, I'll introduce Caroline. Welcome to the show, Legend. It's an absolute pleasure to have you on. Um, thank you for joining me. Uh, it is such a pleasure to be here chatting with you. I haven't done a podcast for a little while now. It's a little been while. maybe like a month. I used to do lots of them, so it's it's nice to be back in front of the mic. Yeah, well, you should be fre- fresh and ready to go, well-rested. <laughs> yeah, I know. I've got lots of interesting new things to talk about, hopefully. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, so you and I obviously kind of first come across each other, like, or the first time I actually saw, like, interacted with you anyway was, um, was on a, what was it? It was like a conference type uh, Zoom chat sometime last year, um, which I'm sure most of us did an absolute shitload of them uh, over the past couple of years. Zoom is now pretty much the go. Um, but I remember afterwards, I just kind of thought to myself, I'd love to get you on. Um, you know, just the, the range of topics we spoke about that night, um, you had some really good insights and stuff that I really wanted to dive into. It's taken me a little while to, to organize it, but here we are. Um, and And very similar like today when I was kind of over the last few days that I've been planning out what I wanted to kind of talk about it was kind of hard to, to pick pick one um so we won't we'll, we'll just dive into a few different ones um so do you want to um let's kick start the the episode I'd love for you to kind of just give the listeners a bit of an overview of all like not everything but the wide range of things that that you do um uh, because there's a lot of it and then we can kind of dive into a few things a little more specifically yeah, definitely. Um, so uh, I'm probably best known as Caroline Bruni, um, the life assistant you never knew you needed or that woman that you go to when you need to get things organised. And um, and that is kind of under the framework of my core business, which is Organised Curate Design. Um, mm-hmm. My business will be five this year, so I've been around doing this for quite some time now. Um, and, yeah, so for a really long time and most of the, you know, content and podcasts and things that are out there, if you Google my name, that's the kind of stuff you'll find. And and though there are really practical skills that I share and, you know, I do the tips and tricks, but I do the more deep dive stuff um, and it is about 
getting organized, actioning goals, um, working on your tasks, being like getting rid of your procrastination, all that sort of stuff, which we all want to do more of. Um, the real focus underlying that and the mission underlying that is ensuring that the people I work with can live a life of intention. And what I mean by that is taking every minute and every day we've seen just, um, you know, we're in this time at the moment where it's it's a, we're in a really complicated world and, and I don't think that's going away and and then even at this time of recording um you know Shane Warne has just passed mm. um he was only 52 and it's moments like that that I remind the people in my community that living a life of intention means that you are doing what you need to be doing and want to be doing today um so that's probably what I'm best known for um, mm. I work with organized curate design but as you said I do a lot of things I, I kind of class myself as a multi-passionate sort of person um so i am a model um so i'm represented by an agency called silver fox and um it's funny because i don't have too many gray hairs but uh, <laughs> they only um they only have models over the age of 30. so uh, when i got back into the industry i used to model when i was younger um it was really important to me that i could stay with an agent and they've got a woman on their books that's like in her 80s so i'm like i can Crazy. do this for as long as i want yeah. um and then I also, I'm an artist, so I paint um, and I am about to formally be an author. So I yes. have finished the manuscript of my memoir. Um, I'm still exploring a couple of different options. I'm likely going to self-publish, but there's some opportunities on the table that I'm exploring. So they're probably the main things. I'm also a mum and just just a, just a good human, I think. Yeah, far out. <laughs> so, so that's yeah. it, hey? That's all. <laughs> no, there's, there's a lot. Today. I'll probably think of something <laughs> I'm also like podcast host, so I've got a couple of podcasts. I haven't been behind the mic for a while, but anything you throw at me, I'll give it a good crack. Well, you're definitely taking your planning and time management skills um, to a whole new level and just showing exactly why you're the person to go to uh, when someone <laughs> needs help with it, that's for sure. Um, you mentioned the word intention, which is something I want to kind of dive into um, first up. I think it's super important and over the past, probably over the past two years really, um, you know, I, I first come across, um, I'm sure you've probably seen content by Brendan Burchard. I don't know if that's someone that, that you, you like his content or not, but um, you know, he was someone that really got me thinking about intention and clarity, um, not so much just on a broader scale, but on a, on a day-by-day basis as well. You know, I've got my journal here in front of me. It's got a bunch of different prompts that I fill out each morning and um, journaling has been a big part of that process as well. Are you able to kind of go into a little bit of detail around, I guess, one, why, why intention and clarity is so important. And then two, maybe some of the practices and, and um, skills that, that you use to put the intention into play, like whether it is journaling, whether it is, um, you know, going over some, some kind of self, um, what is the word, self, fuck, like a bit of a debrief. Yes, that's the one. That's yeah. what I was looking for. Um, yeah, are you able to kind of dive into a bit of that for us, please? Yeah, definitely. So I don't know when I I really started honing in. I, I actually think it's something that I, I've done for a very long time. I've been that organised friend that was just super organised my whole life. That, that's something that isn't new. Um, and I think if you are an organised person and the person that people go to when they need to get stuff done um, or the people person that people rely on, there's already a sense of knowing the value of time. Um, so though I probably had that from a very long time ago, it, 
it became incredibly important to me maybe when I had kids, but maybe not even. Um, I was a really young mum, so I had my son just before I turned 22. He's turning mm-hmm. 18 now, so it's, that in itself is like a bit mind-blowing and we can talk about <laughs> that later. But um, Yeah, so for me, intention and the way that I look at it is, and this is a practice that any, any of your listeners can definitely put in place or even to have a think about. So I often think to myself, if it was to all end tomorrow, and like, once again, we're living in this world where things are so unpredictable and we've definitely had a lot of insight around, you know, with COVID and then with the floods at the moment and um, what's happening over in Europe and, and whatever else. But I think to myself, if it was to all end tomorrow and I looked at what I was doing today, would I be okay with that? That Like, am I looking to the future going, oh, it's okay because when I'm like this age or in two years' time or whatever, I'll do this thing. Mm. Well, I might not have two years' time. Like, I, yep. I just might not and I just don't know. So when one of the practices that I put in place, and, and it does definitely form in, in the form of journaling, um, that's kind of my meditation style as well. Um, yep. I don't meditate in the way a lot of people do or or think of when they think about meditation but I journal every day and I often I'll freeform journal so I'll just kind of get stuff out of my head but I do prompt myself to think what are the things that I'm working on at the moment and I really want to make a difference in and have I focused on those at some point in the day so I'll I'll often look at that but going back to what I was saying about is it all going to end tomorrow um, there's a couple of ways of doing that exercise so you can you can look at if it was your last day or if it was or if you happen to get a glimpse into what your funeral looked like or whatever else, what would you want the people around you, like the people that love you, to be saying? And they're likely not going to say, um, you know, stuff that is really trivial. They're likely going to talk about the memories that you shared, the impact that you had, the kind of person that you were, um, how you made people feel as opposed to the things that you did. Mm. Um Sometimes it's going to be the things that you did. Like I mentioned Shane Warren before, like we could not um, disregard how incredible he was and how talented he was from a sportsman perspective. But I'm sure his friends and family are going to talk about him as a person and how he made them feel and the memories that they shared. Now, if we take that mindset and we bring it back to today, what do I want my kids to say about me when I pass? Um, what do I want my friends to say? What impact do I want to have on the world? Um, be it my inner, like my community that's like at touch point or the greater impact that I want to have. Um, and, and what am I doing? What am I doing to work towards that? Because if I am not doing those things today and it, it does all end tomorrow, next week, two years from now, I'll be like, that's the stuff that life is about. Mm. And that is why we live a life of intention. Um, so that's the bigger picture stuff. And as I said, for me, it, it's a it's a journaling piece. It's something I really tune into um, as I'm making decisions about who I'm spending time with, what I'm doing, that sort of stuff. But then the flip side of that is I take it back to the micro. So when I teach my clients um, to see their time as an asset to Mm -hmm. make sure that they're really mindful of how they're using um even if we broke it down into 15 minute blocks like what are you doing who are you spending time with are you procrastinating and why are you procrastinating and let's get on top of that because every minute you spend procrastinating could be something could be time that you could be spending and it doesn't need to be doing like it doesn't need Mm -hmm. to be it could just be 
instead of that 15 minutes you might have spent procrastinating on social media as an example and it's an example most of us are used to like you know yeah. we understand one could you spend that going for a walk with your dog or could you spend that picking up the phone and calling a friend that you haven't spoken to mm. in a while but you've about or whatever else and they are the moments that are going to be the ones that you remember and the ones that people remember later Def- on. definitely i think something that instantly came to my mind um on what you've just said now is the old uh the old approach of like i'll be happy when is that something yeah. that you consciously are aware of? Like, and I, I know so many people do it, you know, whether it's, you know, I'll be happy when I have this amount of money, I'll be happy when I buy the new car, I'll be happy when I've got a new girlfriend or boyfriend or whatever. Like, is that something that you're consciously um, thinking of regularly and, and making sure that you're not in that, that mindset, I guess? Yeah. And I don't actually know when I, I I, know, I have had that mindset in the past, but I haven't had it for a really long time. Mm. I know interviewed Hugh um, from the Resilience Project. Yeah. And I actually worked with Hugh. Um, so he did a talk at my son's school. I think my son was like in grade four or five at the time. And as I said, he's in year 12 now. So it was a long time ago. Mm-hmm. And I did a lot of work with Hugh at the time. And, um, and we talked about the practices of Jim and what he teaches, um, you know, everyone yeah. now. But back then it was predominantly in schools. Mm-hmm. And there was that real messaging there and his DIS message, D-I-S, and um, for anyone that hasn't listened to the interview, go and check out his interviews first and then go and check out all of his work and, like, listen to his books or read his books and whatever. Yeah. Um, that in itself will help you in this space if, you, if you're looking to shift the I'll be happy when. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I personally don't really have that. Um, and it's really, And I think I've realised that, quite a few years ago i'm gonna say maybe five or six years ago when um i i was listening to a speaker and they were talking about their bucket list and i was like okay cool and i tried to write a bucket list and there was nothing on the list (laughs) and i was at first i thought i had like this i had almost had a crisis about it because i was like wait does this mean i'm not driven or does this mean i don't (laughs) want for and what am i working towards and i was like oh yeah actually no like don't get me wrong. I would love to go to Brazil and I would love to, um, you know, eat at the finest restaurants and do all of these things that people often put on their bucket list. But if I didn't get to do that before I died, would I be okay with that? Yeah. Because it meant like the things that I do every single day, the things that I focus on are actually the things that are most important to me. Now that may be different for other people. Like I just, they're not on my bucket list they're not on the top of my list mm-hmm. um but i yeah i think there is a real trap in the i will be happy when because mm-hmm. it's not going you're yeah. not getting that because yeah. when you get there it like it's the thing and and, and there'll be another is- thing and and i think something that i've been really focusing on lately is um the whole mindset around like if yeah with happiness for example like i know this is a pretty broad topic but like if there is a thing or even in my opinion, a person that you need or is required for your happiness and you're really not happy. Yeah. Like you're yeah. not happy if there's something that you need to, to cause that happiness. And you know, if you can get to the point where you are happy with, with nothing and uh, there's a, this little equation, I was listening to a podcast yesterday and I really liked this. It was like, you know, when you can have your, okay, I fuck up. Just, just a heads up. I fuck up most saying. So, um, 
if you get if you can get to the point where your haves are more than your wants, then then that's when you can get happy. And if you can eventually get to your wants, you get your wants to zero, then then you're you're cool, you're sweet. Something else I wanted to touch on. Um, again, coming back to the procrastination side of things, because um, I, I know this is an area that a lot of the listeners struggle with. I think we all have at some point in time, and a lot of people still do. <laughs> Don't yeah. think that I don't. I'm not some kind of superhuman. I procrastinate as well, so I, yeah. I'm human. Um, yeah. What like? Do you have specific tools, or you know, I often talk about, you know, particularly in the mental health and the mindset side of things. I like to add more tools to my toolkit over time, and things that are going to work for me. Is there certain tools that you use to beat procrastination? Whether it's, you know, um, you know, something that I've used in the past is like what I call the three second rule. Like if there's something that can be done now when it comes to my mind, I start like take action on it within three seconds. So then I don't have time yeah. to procrastinate. Is there certain things that you like to use and, and maybe teach with your, your clients and your audience um, that, that has been effective for you? Yeah. So the first is before we even get to procrastination, I often get clients to do a time assessment tool. So similar to a food journal that a lot of people mm-hmm. use in the space um it's a time tracker so you you spend the day preferably the even the week um and you just write down what you've been doing often mm-hmm. in 50 increments um but if you find yourself um scrolling on socials um just daydreaming um avoiding certain things like writing those down and even just seeing how long you spend on tasks um i think even from a entrepreneurial perspective but even as an, a traditional employee type setting if you think it takes X amount of time to do something and it doesn't, um, getting really clear on that is really important because it helps you plan your day as a whole. And mm. sometimes things take a lot less time and sometimes they take more. And we need to be really clear on that before we even get to procrastination. Now, what often happens in that exercise is then just, it's just on and just yeah. on that, sorry, because I'll just I will forget for sure. Um, that <laughs> that's what I found particularly throughout. Um, COVID and we will, I'm sure we will touch on routine and structure and stuff soon, but uh, it was so important for me to, to structure my days to the, to the hour and even to, you know, 30, 15 minute um, increments to that um, point sometimes, because if I knew that I had, let's say a course that I needed to complete for, for my clients, whatever, and I had all day to do it, it would take me all fucking day to do it. Whereas if I was like, <laughs> all right, I've got from 9am to 11am to work on the course, I would get that same amount of work done in that two hour block as what I was getting done in the whole day. Um, so yeah. yeah, sorry to cut you off, but I thought I'd just add that in. No, it's so true though. And like, I guess it even goes back to what we were saying at the beginning. I was like talking about all of the things that I do and yeah, I, I, people say, oh my goodness, it's so amazing. And how do you do this? And I'm like, I've got the same amount of time that you do. We all wake up with the same amount of hours. Um, and, and on top of that, I'm not a morning person. I'm not in the 5am club. I need my sleep. Um, yep, you're our mom. <laughs> body. Um, like it's, it's not my thing to live hustle, like in that hustle yep. mentality. Um, I just, when I am on, I am on, I get it done. I don't procrastinate. And then mm-hmm. I go and have a nap because I can. Yep. And yep. if that's what I want to do with my time, that's what I'll do. Um, so to go back to the procrastination piece, once you've identified when and how and what you're yep. doing. To, um, firstly, it's the naming and shaming. So 
I call them procrastination gremlins. I don't know if you remember that gremlin movie back in the like 80s, 90s. Um, so the concept for the young people, there's probably quite a few people that are like, what's she talking about? I'm nearly 40. So like, come on, like I'm going to talk <laughs> about movies from the 80s because I was born in the 80s. Um, but in this movie, um, the main character gets this very little gremlin. It's very, very cute, um, but he gets some rules and he gets told um, don't get him wet, don't feed him after midnight, don't do two or three things, like th- a few key rules, like most movies. Those things accidentally happen. <laughs> and um, this cute little gremlin turns into this slimy monster that multiplies as well. So on top of the fact that it switches from cute and fuzzy to slimy and, and horrific, it multiplies really, really quickly. And then like the whole town is inundated with these gremlins. Now, if you use that concept and put it to procrastination, that's mm-hmm. what happens. So when I sit on Instagram, um, like you and I were, were chatting on Instagram, that's how we locked this in today. Yep. Um, so Instagram is great for connection and, and booking things in and buying great things or buying things we probably don't need sometimes and all of that sort of stuff. It's fantastic. Yeah. Um, and I'm only using Instagram as one example. But if I've lost four hours because I'm watching reels, that's a whole nother conversation. Yeah. So, um, so being really mindful when the gremlin turns from cute and fuzzy because it's good for your mental health, it's good mm-hmm. for your connection, it's good for your entertainment, all that sort of stuff too, that it's multiplied and it's multiplied and I've lost hours. Um, and this can be anything. So even going for a walk around the block in theory is great, but if you're supposed to be writing a report, then it's not much time to be walking around the block. And yeah. <clears throat> likely say, oh, I'll take this route because I can walk for another 15 minutes because you know you're supposed to be doing something yeah. else. So the multiplying of the gremlin, the procrastination gremlin can happen anywhere and in anything. Um, and often those moments I end up calling them productive procrastination because yeah. they are great. Like, they're, they're, you know, they're not all bad, mm-hmm. but um, like my pro- pro- productive procrastination is like washing dishes and folding laundry. Like mm-hmm. I work at home, yeah. I work from home, work for myself. And when I'm procrastinating, it's often I'll find something and I'll justify it because I'm like, well, look, I just washed, I cleaned the kitchen. <laughs> yeah. But I wasn't cleaning the kitchen at that point in time. I was supposed to be doing something else. So um, yeah, so naming and shaming in the sense of um, being really clear what your go-to procrastination gremlins are when they completely take control and just cause havoc. And then every time um, you find yourself doing that, just noting it down. Because as we know, when we write things down and we hold ourselves accountable to our actions, we can start making change. When it's still a bit grey and fuzzy and we're not really sure, Mm -hmm. then it's harder to identify and pinpoint. So if I was to open up your, um, your diary on your phone right now, like, do you, are you the type of person that has like, for example, um, in your days, are they, are they specifically blocked out to small time frames for everything that needs to get done for the day? Or how, how do you approach that in terms of managing your time and, and planning ahead? Uh, so not necessarily. I, so I, so d- Calendars tend to default to an hour block. I have um, changed the settings of mine to make it a 30-minute block. I could probably bring it down to a 15-minute block. Um, I definitely use my calendar religiously um, Mm -hmm. and I colour code as well. So if I visually look at my – I use Google. If I visually look at my calendar, um, I I can see 
how much of my time I was spending internally in the business, so working on the business, um, how much of that time is client work, um, what is for all of the other projects. So mm -hmm. if I've got a modeling job and I have to block day or if I'm working on my book or I'm doing whatever. And then obviously how much is personal time doing other bits and pieces. So it's a really good visualization of where my time is being spent. And that's where the goal setting part comes in. So if I've set a goal for, let's say the month of March to increase revenue for the business or whatever else, and yep. that's build time that I need to be working with clients. And if that's not represented in how my time is being spent, Mm -hmm. looking at that looking out for that color visually in my calendar then it's it's not going to happen so i can wish for it to happen but if i'm not putting in the hours um it's just not going to happen and it's same with self-care so if i had a really big february and said hey it's march i need to make sure that i spend more time with friends connecting because i'm burnt like i feel like i'm burning out or yeah. whatever that also needs to reflect in my calendar because if it's all work stuff then yeah. i'm not the thing I need to do. So it doesn't need to be about money and revenue and business, yeah. um, but it is really clear. And my rule is if it's not in the calendar, it's not going to happen. Yeah. So um, little micro things like even when you and I were, were messaging um, and we'd kind of penciled in a couple of days of podcast interview might work. I put a reminder in my calendar that said, remember to email Danny with yeah. a few times. So yeah. I made sure it got done. Um, and I use the reminders feature. <laughs> Google as opposed for those sorts of okay. things as opposed to my traditional to-do list um, and then anything that needs a block of time um, like a meeting or a project that I'm working on it doesn't necessarily have to be with someone else like if I'm blocking time like that example you gave about you know writing up a plan yeah. for a client I will block that into my calendar and try my very hardest not to get too sidetracked things happen though and yeah. sometimes you've got but having a bit of a plan of what your day is going to look like is really important. Just sticking on the topic of time management and I guess planning ahead um, at the moment for someone who's listening at the moment um, that's in like the creative space, say, you know, and I want to touch on, um, you know, the book writing process um, with you very soon, but say someone writing a book or an artist or I don't know, any, any form of creativity and their, their whole mindset or their whole like motto has always been like, you know, it'll happen when it happens. Like it, they, they need kind of time to get it done and, and they don't want to rush it and all that type of stuff. I would imagine for some people that, are, that have that mindset that going and looking at their calendar and seeing that they've got like two hours to, to work on their book or two hours to work on their art or whatever may not necessarily, I don't know, may not work in their favor or, or it may kind of, they may struggle with that concept. What type of advice do you have for, say, clients that you work with or for anyone listening that may be in that mindset at the moment um, but probably needs to, to have some more structure and management of their time? Yeah. So I think the important thing is making sure that everything you need to do is in your calendar. So, for example, if you need to spend half an hour in the morning kind of doing accounting, kind of bookkeeping, finance stuff, mm -hmm. put it in if you need, like if you're training and you want to make sure that that is in there, so you've got time for health and well-being. Um, same with lunch. So um, often when we work from home or we work for ourselves or even when we're in a workplace, we might not actually take lunch. Yep. And if we don't stop for at least 15 minutes, eat mindfully, all that sort of stuff, and we're rushing through, we're eating at our desks, that's not great. So pop that in as well. And the reason why I'm focusing on those things first is then if you have decided that, for a four hour block or a whole day or whatever is going to be your creative day. Mm -hmm. If it doesn't flow and if you get in there and feel like, Oh, all that structure has killed my, my vibe. Okay. That's cool. 
move that block, move stuff around. The order. Um, maybe just like do a half a block because mm -hmm. you eventually get in, into the swing of things, but then get some of those other administrative things, some other tasks done and free up some space elsewhere. Yeah. So it's just about shifting things around and moving things around. It doesn't necessarily mean that it has to be really rigid. Yeah. Um, I've got clients all the time that go, mm. oh, I love how you do what you do. I want it just like you. And then within a week, they're like, how the hell do you live like this? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. I'm, my brain is wired like this. Yeah. I, I'm, I struggle with the let's go with the flow vibe because I'm like, <laughs> wait, what's the plan? Where are we going? Why yeah, do I? Overwhelming. Like, yeah. I don't know. You're freaking me out. And it, it like that stresses me out. Mm -hmm. Um, not everyone is like that. So add structure where you can, leave gaps um, and space where you can, and remember that it takes a bit of time. So even if the first 30 minutes is you kind of feeling a bit like, oh, this is crap and I've put too much pressure on myself, give it some time because I know that even when I was writing, there were days where I'd sit and just go, oh, God, I don't know. I like I can't. I, it's not working. And mm -hmm. then I'd get the flow of things and that might run past the end of that time block but i'd go okay i've got a flow so yep. i'm going to move whatever i was going to do next and to somewhere else if possible mm -hmm. um I want to make the most of this flow um that being said like i'm really fortunate um to kind of go to what i probably think is your next question around writing um i'm really fortunate that i do work for myself so if that means that i would have to work on my business stuff at nine o'clock at night because I choose to, um, which then gives me a whole day to write um, yep. on a Friday, for example. I can do that because I'm my own boss. Because um, a lot of people are like, how did you write a whole book like in almost six months? I'm like, I know that sounds a bit crazy, but I dedicated every Friday for a very long, like for six months mm -hmm. to write. Um, and I worked everything else around that. So and everyone knew. So we were in lockdown at the time. It was more well, in and out of lockdown last yeah. year. And so my family knew that on a Friday, like mm -hmm. any other day, they could kind of walk in and out of my off home office. But on a Friday, the door, like there was a sign on the door saying, today's writing day, unless it's an emergency, please don't interrupt me. Yeah. Because um, it's, it's deep thinking work and um, yeah. And kids interrupt with silly questions. <laughs> Yeah. And on the, on levels, that's, that's also like very similar to you know, what, what I talk about very often when people are setting goals. And in this case, it was you writing a book. It's like, keep yourself and, and keep yourself accountable by obviously being very, having set intentions for yourself, but also telling other people being accountable through others and, and other people know like what your, what your path is and, and what you're trying to do. And they have that understanding instead of you kind of just going out and, and trying to work on a book, but not telling on about it and wondering why it's so fucking hard to write because <laughs> you get interrupted. Um, yeah, you've got to be really clear with your boundaries and yeah. the boundaries start with you first. So when on a Friday, when I would go into that mode, I would put my phone on, phone on do not disturb. I'd pop on um, music that had no lyrics. So a specific playlist mm -hmm. that was really good for kind of just helping me concentrate. Yep. Um, I'd deck myself out with like my cup of tea and my water and like anything I needed on my desk. So I wouldn't have an excuse. Um, like I really tried not to leave my desk. I'd do like a two hour power block, stop to have something to eat. 
but everything would be quite structured um, because I had to reduce the likelihood of being distracted yeah. or whatever. So, um, is that yeah. are those things that you just listed then, like things such as the playlist without without lyrics and uh, you know the cup of tea, I think it was, and all that stuff? Is that is that your little sequence of trying to reach flow state? Um, I think that's something. It's such a powerful thing when you can when you can be in that flow state, particularly from a creative perspective. Is there, are they yeah. the certain things that you do to try and put yourself in flow state as soon as possible? Yeah, definitely. So I, I had to tweak it at the beginning. I had to work out what was going to be best for me, but knowing that my phone had to be on do not disturb because if it vibrated, I'd get distracted mm-hmm. face down um, or sometimes initially not even in the room um, because I, I found that if it was in the room, I made sure that even though I was on my laptop, my emails were closed. Everything else was closed. The only thing that was open was my Google Docs so I could write and yeah. all of the notes that I needed on my desk. Um, as I said, just like all the, the things you need, like water, tea, yeah. whatever, whatever it was that I needed on that day. <clears throat> um, but, yeah, I, I'm a pretty simple down-to-earth kind of person. I don't really yeah. have like – I wish I did because people are <laughs> often like, what do you do? And I'm like, nothing. It's really boring. <laughs> sit down there's no magic magic formula i just get it done um yeah yeah. and i think for me it's about especially like i was writing right throughout winter so yep there's little things like are you warm enough um right it's about getting comfortable right yeah it's about getting comfortable in your environment excuse me the moment that you are not comfortable you get distracted and um and as I said, the, the playlist with no lyrics was really, really important. I had to find music that was going to help me tune out. Was, so it's actually like a playlist on Spotify that's for meditation. Mm-hmm. Um, but the no lyrics was really important because I find I can't listen to music with lyrics when I'm doing deep work. So even yeah. when I'm working in the business, because sometimes I'll find myself like listening to the lyrics and the yeah. next thing I know I'm not focused on what I'm writing or what I'm doing because I'm you're, singing along in my head down. and you're I'm like, oh, the lyrics of the song. <laughs> yeah, I started to like weave them into my book and that's not a good idea. So, um, yeah, so that just for me was just something that I was really conscious of um, and mm. everyone will have something different, but set yourself up to succeed. Like, you know the stuff that trips you yeah. up and if interruptions then have really clear boundaries on how you are planning to use your time use it intentionally but make sure everyone around you like hopefully we never have to do a lockdown again but if it was that sort of scenario and you're in a house full of people be really clear and say at 12 i'm going to come out for lunch we can chat about whatever you need then but until then can you just please make sure that unless it's an emergency don't knock on my door yeah i'll get did um and i really i'm trying really hard which i think from a modeling perspective as a parent my kids see me achieve a lot of stuff and um and they're often like oh mom works really hard and she does xyz and but they see me put in the effort like there's no excuses um and if there is an excuse of oh this didn't get done it isn't because i didn't put in the effort it's just because you know it is what it is yeah Really happens, and that's totally okay as well. But yeah. at least I know that I've given it my all. I uh, speaking of flow state, I I either listen to one song on repeat. I've got like this one song that I listen to on repeat, and it's just to the point where it's like I can't even really hear it anymore. I hear it, yeah. Amazing. Or uh, or there's on YouTube, there's heaps of like kind of two three hour um, videos, but 
you know, watch it obviously, uh, of like certain brainwave, um, like they're supposedly meant to like get you in like oh, certain, yeah. certain ways, which is really cool. Um, That's cool. You now, should pop them in your um, show notes. I will. I'll put them in the show notes for this episode. I'll write that down now. Then we'll know what song you listen to, I repeat. Um, <laughs> Inner Bloom by Rufus. Ah, lyrics? Any lyrics? Yeah, I keep the lyrics in there. Yeah. I don't know. I think there's, I mean, there's not that many in there anyway, but I don't know what it is. It just, it's my concentration song. Um, (laughs) Now, moving uh, moving on to the book, like I'm super interested in this. Um, I don't think I've said this on the podcast podcast yet, but like I'm taking a little break at the moment, but I started, I, I don't necessarily like writing. All right. Like okay. I like, I like talking, hence the podcast. Um, so I started recording like, uh, which will be probably a self-published like audiobook. So I've been recording like a chapter, like a, a bunch of different chapters and, Amazing. um, it's something that I wanted to do for just a long like, time. Uh, did you just tell your audience that for the first time? Can we just acknowledge that for a sec? Yeah, I did actually. Like, Unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> the fact that you actually just told your whole audience that because I was fucking have to do it. it. <laughs> and now, We've all heard it. You heard it here first, guys. I'll, I'll bleep that bit out. Um, in terms of the book writing writing process, um, are you able to tell the listeners a little bit about um, one, like what it's about, and then two? I'd love to hear like how, just from just basically for my benefit, um, how you've like kind of structured the writing process. Whether it was it kind of having a skeleton of the chapters and, and reverse engineering it, or how how did you go about that process? Yeah, sure. Um, so my book is about something that like is, it's just yet another thing to the list. Um, but the topic is actually quite complex. It's, it's about childhood trauma, childhood sexual abuse, um, surviving trauma, um, and then some real key messages around what it looks like to be a survivor, um, what survivors need in support of walking beside us as you support us. Um, There's definitely some messages in there around child safety. There's some stuff that I explore around perpetrators, um, around ancestral trauma and how that looks there's stuff in there about dna it's it's a it's it is a memoir and it is my story but there's quite a lot in there and research and and data that i've collected as i've been on my healing journey and wanted to gain a better understanding of how my life ended up like this and and what i've done to do things differently um the reason why I say that it's probably not what people are expecting is the moment I often say to someone, oh, I wrote a book or I'm writing a book. They're like, oh, are you going to give us all your tips? On? And I'm like, you guys have all my tips. Like how many yeah. videos do <laughs> I management? Um, and don't get me wrong, that might come one day. Um, it'll probably be something I can whip up in an hour because yeah. I've talked about it for five years. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it is, it's really personal and um, it's still a little while away. Like though the manuscript is ready, I'm exploring some opportunities that actually just came up last week that I'm still kind of working through, but in a similar position to yourself where I, I've got all the kind of dominoes ready to kind of tip from a self-publishing perspective. Um, mm-hmm. And if I do go down that route, I should have it out around May this year, which is really fantastic. Exciting. Um, yeah, so it's not not that far away. My aim is to have it out this year. Um, but to answer your second question around what does it, what did the process look like? Um, initially, the process was about firstly just being really really clear about what I wanted to write. So mm-hmm. I actually spoke to a writing coach 
back in 2019 um, before I even really knew what I wanted to do. And he gave me some really great advice. Like I talked to him about the fact that this was going to be a really difficult book to write and what the subject matter was. And the first thing he said to me was, if you're going to write something controversial, you need to own the fact that it's going to be controversial. And I was like, yeah. oh, okay. And I, so then I realized that I had a whole heap of work to do internally to be okay with that, which I probably spent most of 2020 working on before I even put pen to paper as such. Um, over that time, I spoke to quite a few different writing coaches and there are some incredible people that work in that space. Um, and then in 2021, I, I chose a coach that I thought was going to be best aligned with me. And don't get me wrong, every single coach that I spoke to would have been great for yeah. different projects. And I've always got some kind of project brewing in my brain. Mm-hmm. But this particular one, because it is really personal and it's a really complicated, complex, emotional matter, mm-hmm. um, I needed someone really specific kind of walking beside me through that process. So I engaged with that coach. Um, we signed a six-month kind of um, arrangement together where essentially I would write, um, she would review everything I read, we'd have one right. meeting a month and kind of guide me through that process. But before we even got to that, she had a process where um, we would just have a, I, I had a stack of index cards and I would just write down ideas, quotes, a sentence here, whatever else. Now, I had already started writing a lot of those sorts of bits and pieces in 2020 as, as things were kind of unfolding mm-hmm. in my life anyway. Um, so I had I had a bit to kind of start with. And you've, like, similar to yourself, you've got some stuff that you've yeah. already got you've started with. Yeah. Um, I used that as the core um, for the index cards first. And then once I got into a flow, I just kept writing and kept writing. I think I ended up with, like, so I think there's like 150 index cards in a packet or something. I had like okay. two packets. Right. So, um, and um, I'll, I'll send the video to you. There's a video, like a time-lapse video of me spreading out all of my index cards on my very, very big dining table, Yeah. which is how I structured the chapters. So right. I clustered them like, okay, this sentence here, that's about this and this is about this. And actually, no, I don't like this. I'm going to put that in the maybe pile or the no pile or whatever. And so I just started putting it together and putting it together. And um, and then I stepped back at the end of what was quite some time um, and I ended up with the outline for 33 chapters. So it's pretty cool. I like that process. Yeah. I like and that. It's, it's cool. Step by step. And I mm. really like approaches to things so that was under the guidance of my writing coach um and so I did that and then I kind of sat with that for a little while because as I said working on something so personal it wasn't like yep let's get stuck in I needed to kind of work next um and then from there there is a chapter outline that she gave me which is kind of like a content outline most of us that have written content will know how to do that so it's like what is the overall theme what's the intro what are the what Mm -hmm. are the meeting parts in the middle and what's the conclusion like what's the end of what we want to try and tell someone at the end of this um so that was all handwritten and so are the index cards. And there was a reason why. Um, so there's definitely a different flow state when you are pen to paper versus in front of a laptop. Yeah. So a lot of that early stuff was really pen to paper. Um, and then I sat and I had my 33 content outlines or chapter outlines. And then I just eventually got stuck in. So <laughs> I'd have that 
I'd have all my index cards that were relevant to that chapter. Mm -hmm. Any that were still floating around, I would often just have on my writing desk just in case as I was writing, I was like, oh, that's where that fits. I'm going to pop that in here, whatever else. Um, And they were a combination of lots of things. There were ideas. There were definitely quotes of other people's quotes that I'd seen. There was Mm -hmm. data and and research and whatever else as well. Um, Is that... um, Obviously, you know, you just, you've just mentioned it's obviously something super personal. And as you also alluded to, it's not as simple as, you know, um, spending an hour writing about time management, which, which kind of just roll off your tongue and be off the top of your head and not really having to put too much thought and definitely not having to invest much emotionally in writing that stuff. So was there any, um, what were you doing? Like, after say a, a big a big Friday of writing, like what were you doing on either Friday night or Saturday to be able to kind of decompress? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, a few things. So I we've moved house now, but we where we were living um, was right near a beautiful walking trail and park. So nice. no matter what the weather was like, I'd often go and just be outside in nature mm-hmm. and fresh air. Um, my family knew that I was writing about something quite complex and, um, obviously like my husband definitely knew what the content of the book was. So they would often just pick it and go, okay, are we, what are we in for? And being a Friday night was easier in the sense that one, we're in lockdown. So I wasn't expected to go out and socialize and be around people. I could kind of keep to myself. Um, but we would, I'd be really open with the people in my house just saying, yeah, today's been a really hard day and I just want to eat ice cream and watch a movie or yeah. um, like I, or I need to, or even choosing the movie. So I would be like, I need something really light and yeah. like funny or I'd be like, I need something that's going to make me cry like a baby so yeah. I can just pull out and like Saturday mode. Um, and sometimes we don't realize that we need to do that. And so yeah. having those experiences was always great. Out, outside fresh air was a really important part. Um, we were talking about our dogs before we started recording. Lots of spe- spending time with my dog yeah. um, or our dogs. Um, yeah. So I think for me, I've got a lot of really great self care practices in place and I've got an amazing team. And I say, what, but what I say about team is like I've got a personal trainer, I've got a psychologist, I've got a leadership coach, I've got my writing coach, um, you know, that whole thing is kind of happening. And from that perspective, it is really important to ensure that anyone I needed to lean on was there and, yeah. and I could. Great support lead. system. Yeah. Yeah. Because I needed different, different times. Yeah. Now, before we wrap up, because I've, uh, I've missed one thing that I really wanted to, to talk about and we'll just go over this very quickly, but in terms of to-do lists, all right, what is your approach to it? Is it the big scary ones first? Is it get a, a lot of smaller things done so you can build some momentum to attack the bigger ones? Like what's your approach to to-do lists? So my first approach before we even get to what do we do first is make sure it's consolidated. So I personally use a program called Asana. Um, so it's online. Um, it has an app as well, which is amazing. And it's, how, do you, how do you spell that one? Sorry. A, it's A-N-A. So similar to like Asana in yoga yep. for anyone who's a yoga person. Um, but it's a project management tool. Um, I use the free version. Um, and it's amazing. Like even awesome. it gives me everything I need. So you don't need to go like, they'll probably give you a 30 day trial and try to mm-hmm. tell you those <laughs> things. 
run my entire business through it and I don't need the paid version. Awesome. Definitely my first tip. Um, So stop having notes on your phone, post-it notes, notepads, all that stuff, put it all in one place. And in my case, that's Asana. Um, From there, section things out. So similar to what I was saying about colour coding my calendar, I have different um, project boards or like task boards for Mm -hmm. my different areas of my life. So there's one for my book and there's one for the business and there's one for clients and whatever else. And make sure it's categorized um, and then be consistent. So make sure that you put things in um, and then use the features. So there's due dates. There's um, if you're not using it like that, have a due date, know when it is, make sure you put give buffers around things. If, if you need a bit more time or you're not sure. Yeah. How long is it going to take? And then to go back to the procrastination piece, um, which then answers your question around like what do you do when, I I don't have to do it quite as much now. I've got a lot of practices. I've been doing this a while, so and it's in my nature to be pretty organised. But with certain things, like I know finance was a really hard one for me when I first stepped into business mm-hmm. and it was something that I really needed to get my yeah, like I had some really crappy like internal stuff going on about money and mm-hmm. I needed to get on top of that before yeah. I could even actually learn how, you know, finance works. Mm-hmm. Um, but because it was something I would naturally avoid, um, I would make sure I did it first. So mm-hmm. I would block in time in my calendar every day to jump into my zero account yeah. and look around and understand things and send my accountant questions and, and ask lots and lots and lots of questions. Now, I don't have to do that every day now because it's not an, it is not an issue anymore. But if there is something that you are trying to get on top of or a task that you know that you're going to avoid, just get it done straight away and have some micro rewards. So if you're a, I need to have a coffee. Now, if you need to have a coffee for your brain to work, then maybe have the coffee first. But if you are the kind of person that enjoys your morning coffee, do the hard thing first, then reward yourself with your coffee um, or reward yourself with the walk around the block or whatever it is that you are going to do as your micro reward. Yeah. Um, the reward matches the task. So if it's something that takes you 15 minutes, don't go like... Go out for dinner. Um, <laughs> Make sure it aligns. Um, but yeah, I used to, um, I'm not a, I need a coffee before I function type person. So for me, I was always like, I'm going to do this first and then I'm going to give myself a break, get some fresh air, like just stretch my body, go make myself a coffee and then I'll do the rest of my day. Brilliant. Well, Carolyn, thank you so much. Where, where can the audience find you? I'll have all the, um, the links to all these in the show notes anyway, but where, where's the best place to find more of your content? And then also, um, I'm assuming it, this news is probably going to have to come at a later date, but where will people be able to, to purchase the book if you know yeah. that already? I don't know that already, um, <laughs> but the easiest place to find everything is um, via my website and my socials. So it's Caroline mm-hmm. underscore. Bruni um, and carolinebruni.com. Um, from there, if you head to my carolinebruni.com website, there's a section called more than one thing, which is apt for being more than one thing. And that is where you'll find everything. So if you right. are a brand and you're like, hey, I'd really love Caroline to do some modeling for us, that's where you'll find that. And if cool. you want to look at my paintings or find out more about organized curate design, which is our, my core business, it's all there. Um, it's all organized. It's all easy to find. 
Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for your time. I really do appreciate it. And uh, I've definitely taken a lot away from our chat and I'm sure the audience has as well. So for everyone who's tuned in, uh, we would love for you to take a screenshot of this episode, post it up on your Instagram story for us, tag myself, tag Caroline, check out her content and give her a follow and and also keep an eye out for the book. Um, I'll definitely be grabbing a copy once it comes out. So thank you again. And um, I really hope you have a good day. My pleasure. Great chatting.